Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Amen. Amen. Well, again, good to see you, and if, uh, if you're just joining us online, we've just gone online, I want to thank you for joining us as well. God bless you as you get your hearts prepared, as you give, and as we begin to dive into God's Word. So I'd like it if you will please go to the book of Mark, Mark chapter number 4 and Acts 10. Mark 4 and Acts 10, we're going to hit Mark 4, 35 first, Acts 10, 38 right after that. Mark 4, 35, Acts 10, 38, going to jump into God's Word today. Now, I, I, I need your attention here. This is important because it's become very obvious to me, and, and I believe it's obvious to many of you as well, that, that there's, we're kind of like in, in a season of elevated, I would just, the best way to call it is demonic activity in the culture as a whole. And, and, and I'll just say right up front, this should not frighten us. We don't, we're not afraid of that, but it should challenge every one of us to up our game so that we can understand and participate in Christ-centered, spirit-filled spiritual warfare. Now, I'm, I'm seeing this in all levels of society, uh, from individuals here in our congregation to the church as a whole, in the community, in the workplace, and in our nation. So I'm putting together, I have put together a series of sermons that are called, that the, the main title for it is Supernatural. Natural. And it's about healings. It's about, about the power of prayer and worship. It's about spiritual warfare, deliverance. It's about spiritual dangers and even spiritual landmines that a lot of believers aren't even aware of. They're not discerning it and a lot of other things. So today and, and today and next Sunday, I'm going to be focusing primarily on the topic of spiritual warfare. Uh, and I'll just make it clear. Demons are real. Satan is real. He is not the author of blessing and hope and joy and peace. No, no, no. He is the author of destruction, murder, division, hatred, and fear. So spiritual warfare is real. Now, the very moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are set free from sin. You're set free from the punishment of hell. Christ dwells in you, and life now has hope. It has blessings. It has peace. It has joy. It has love. But also, when you give your life to Christ, you are automatically drafted into, uh, into his army, and we fight against spiritual forces of darkness. Uh, and these battles, a lot of times, they look like just stormy seas, looks like, like winds and waves that are hammering your boat. So the title of today's message is Jesus Didn't Jump Ship. Jesus Didn't Jump Ship. Often, a lot of times in the life of a believer, we feel like the Lord has departed. He's ignoring you, or he's jumped ship because you're in the middle of a storm. And when the enemy is roaring, and he's, he's attacking, and he's buffeting your life, it's great to know this, Jesus has not jumped ship for you. So today we're going to discover how to better engage this spiritual warfare, knowing that Christ is by your side, and you are not fighting your battles alone. 
Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Take a look at that because this story is, is, a, is one of the boat issues in a storm type of stories. Uh, last week, we talked about the disciples, how they were in a boat and a storm came. Peter walked on water and it was my sermon called The Best and Worst of Times. And I talked about how bad things happen sometimes. And we, we a lot of times attribute everything to the devil, but it's not. That's what I talked about last week. But today, I'm going to take a look at a different instance, a different story of disciples in the boat. Completely different setting, completely different story, similar circumstances. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35, let's read the narrative together. It says, on that day when evening came, he, Jesus, said to them, let's go over to the other side. After dismissing the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat. And as he was, and other boats were with him. And a fierce gale of wind, that's important, wind developed. And the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling with water. Can you imagine? Yet Jesus himself was in the stern. The stern is the the back of the boat. Asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he got up, he rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid, and they said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I like it because he didn't say, why did you wake me up? My soft cushion felt so good. I was resting. It's been a hard, long day. Why did you wake me up? No, instead he said, why are you afraid? But I want us to go back and take a look at verse 37, because, uh, because I like this. It says that this is the, the, the crux of it right here. A fierce gale of wind. Say wind. Wind. Key word. A fierce gale of wind developed and the waves, say waves. Waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling with water. And yet Jesus himself, say Jesus himself. Good. He was in the stern. So we have three different things to look at. The wind, the waves, and Jesus himself. Now, first of all, let's take a look at the wind. The wind is something you can't see. It's invisible. You can't grasp the wind. You can't smell the wind. No, you can't. You can't hear the wind. No, you can hear the effects of the wind. You can't taste the wind. You, you, you see and hear and feel all of the effects of the wind, but it's, this is important. The wind is like an invisible entity. It really is. And the wind causes waves to come that are unsettled and that are boisterous. So these physical waves were hammering this boat and the boat started to fill up with water. The disciples panicked and the entire time though, Jesus himself was in the boat. Here's here's the first principle. Get this. Wind causes waves. The unseen causes waves physical problems. Now, I was, as I was reading this, it, something came to me about it just there's a striking parallel because evil spiritual entities, they cause physical problems. The invisible 
causes tangible, visible issues. That's, that's how the spirit world works. It's what, uh, this is what instigates the spiritual warfare. Now, the term in the New Testament the word that, that, that's uh, translated as spirit is very important. See, it's a broad term, and this helps us to see the striking parallel here. Now, whenever you see the word spirit in the New Testament, it is this. The word spirit is the Greek term pneuma. I'm going to teach you Greek today. I'm going to teach you one word in another language. I want you to say pneuma. Pneuma. Don't say pumina. Just say pneuma. 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 Now you're, you're a Greek. You, you speak Greek. You can go home and say, hey, uh, there's some pneuma, and, and, and now you can, you, know, you can use this word wherever. You can impress your friends at work and all that kind of stuff. But the word pneuma means this. It means a current of air, a blast, a breath, a breeze of wind. It, this term is used 385 times in the New Testament. Now, here's what's interesting. The term pneuma refers to both the Holy Spirit and demon spirits. A lot of people don't realize that, but they do. And the difference between the two is always found in the context. So you read the context so you know if you're reading in the Greek language. Now, most of the translations in the English language make it very clear. But in the Greek language, you just simply look at the context. You say, is this the Holy Spirit or is this demon spirits? But it's, it's that same word. So, so uh, and I'll just tell you this right up front. There are a lot of Christian churches, wonderful Christian churches, that avoid any conversation about this word. And, and, but again, it is heavily prevalent throughout the whole New Testament. And, and if they are teaching about it, the, the almost exclusive teaching about it tends to be about the Holy Spirit. And I understand that, the Holy Pneuma, because that's what we pursue. That's what we are filled with. That's what comes into our life as salvation, the Holy Pneuma. But because it's all over the place in the New Testament, both instances of both, both types, we really have to talk about both. 385 instances of it throughout the New Testament. So demons are described as spirits with that term pneuma. And by definition, it is a current of air. It is a blast. It is a breeze of wind. So my question would be, why did the authors of the New Testament choose to use this word throughout all the different authors of the New Testament use the same word to describe both evil demonic forces as well as the Holy Spirit? Why? It's because they both have the characteristics of wind. That's important. Now, back to the story. So there's this parallel between what was happening on the sea that day and the effect and the impact of demon spirits. Because invisible demonic spirits like wind, they, 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 they cause tangible problems. They cause physical problems. And the, 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 this wind, this pneuma, stirs up waves and can buffet your life. For example, waves of addiction, they're caused uh, by, by this wind and this spirit of bondage that can make you a slave. And you can't see the spiritual entity, but the effects are very, very real in your life. A person who's addicted to drugs or alcohol, or even I said earlier, greed, or gambling or illicit sex, these are like the waves that are hitting your boat. But they're actually caused by, instigated by, 
a wind, a spirit, as the New Testament says, a pneuma. And what happens in our lives, we tend to only focus upon the waves, we focus on what we can see. And we're constantly dealing with the consequences of the waves. But the real problem is the wind. Our goal should be to stop the wind so the waves can cease. Did you hear that? So, so for example, a wave of sickness can be caused by a spirit or a pneuma of sickness. Luke 13, 11, for example, it says there was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit. That is pneuma. The sickness was caused by a wind, a, an evil spirit, and a, a, a demonic spirit. And that affected then, it, the, the ramifications of it, it affected her finances, it affected her physical posture. So when Jesus dealt with her, he dealt with the spirit. He essentially told the wind, that spirit, to stop, and then the waves stopped. Now, sometimes behind a, a, uh, a physical, repeated, chronic illness, there is actually a spirit. I want you to look now at Acts chapter 10, verse 38, because this is the other place I asked you to open up into in your Bibles. Now, now again, remember, demonic entities, they are described in the New Testament as a wind, and it is, it is the, the, whole, uh, the whole objective there is to advance and to push forward the agenda of the devil. Now, Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the holy pneuma, the Holy Spirit, and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing those who were oppressed, that's being pressed down by the devil, for God was with him. So, like, for example, when, when, uh, when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law in the New Testament, he didn't heal the fever, he rebuked the fever. He rebuked a spirit. And again, the wind causes waves. Evil forces cause physical problems. Another example is there could be a wave or a storm of this buffeting someone of poverty. It can be even be over a nation. It can be over a region. And it's something that's physical that is sustained and initiated by something spiritual. We see this in 2 Samuel chapter number uh, 21, verse 1. Take a look at this. It says, now there was a famine in the days of David for three years, year after year. And David sought the presence of the Lord. And the Lord said, it is because of Saul and his bloody house, because he put the Gibeonites to death. Wow. So here we have a physical problem caused by spiritual activity. Three years of famine. Farming died. The economy collapsed. Everything looked horrible. People were losing their jobs. Poverty ensued. It was bad. So after the first year, he could have very, you know, naturally you're going to say, well, it's, it's the weather, so we're going we're to get through this next year. It's going to be better. And then, you know, El Nino happens the next year. I, I don't know whether they had El Nino back then or even in the Middle East, but that's what everybody's talking about right now. So, and I have no idea why they call it El Nino. That's like the child. And so it still doesn't make sense to me. I do know enough Spanish to know that's weird. But the second year, yeah, so they're saying, well, it's, it's El Nino. That's what's going on right here. But by the third year, David is recognizing enough is enough. 
This is no longer attributable to natural spiritual forces. So, so, you know, the first time around, you can blame it on the circumstances. The second time, well, it's just a natural occurrence. But by the third time, you're saying something is up. And that, this is an alert to all of us. So what did David do? David called upon God. And God says, really, there's a spiritual problem that needs to be addressed. These waves are not normal circumstances. They're caused by a wind. There are these spiritual forces that are causing financial calamity. So what did David do? David dealt with it spiritually. He dealt with the wind, and when he dealt with the spiritual forces, the wind, in a sense, became calm, and the famine broke. See, there's a wind that we can't see that causes waves that we can see. And sometimes that wind is simply a demonic force. These, uh, these, these waves, they, they affect your well-being. Uh, they hold you captive to fear. They, they wear you out. They kind of like fill up your boat with water and they hammer you with depression. And because of that wind, because of that demonic spirit, it wants to fill your life up with despair. It wants to pulverize you with waves of hopelessness and darkness. And all the while, get this, Jesus is living in you. He's in your boat. So how do you explain that? <laughs> the Savior's sleeping, but he's there. So this is important. Jesus didn't jump ship in your life because you're facing these problems. He's by your side. And as the scripture says, he's not just by your side. He is in you and you are in him. Anxiety and depression and other types of waves, they, just, they, they hit people's lives hard. First Samuel, First Samuel chapter 16, it even talks about how the spirit of God departed Saul and an evil spirit came upon him. And Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 61, verse three, it talks about how we need to have a, put on a garment of praise to get rid of a spirit of heaviness. See, heaviness, but listen to this. Heaviness can be simply like this. I didn't have my morning coffee. Uh, heaviness can, can be that, that you woke up feeling lethargic and you're feeling grumpy and you're feeling down because you haven't been sleeping well for the past few days or even the past several weeks. And maybe, maybe you're homeschooling your kids and this is a heavy, heavy burden on you. Maybe you have this massive project at work and it's like every waking hour you're constantly working on it and it's consuming everything about you. So you have a heaviness. But in those types of situations... Things get worked out, and then heaviness goes away. It's natural. Do you understand? Though the, there are natural heavinesses, you use the garment of praise, although sometimes to get rid of a spirit of heaviness. But by using this example of David, like with David's situation, it had been not just three months; it had been three years. And after it's happening over and over, I. I strongly encourage, I admonish you to take a different look at what's going on around you. See, this heaviness might not just be emotional. It is likely spiritual. Spiritual, which means pneuma. It is a wind. And perhaps you're being hammered by waves that, cause, that are caused by this wind that you can't see. But just because you can't see it, doesn't mean that you're just going to ignore it and pretend like it's not there. Like, well, this isn't real. This is just a circumstance. You know, you, we have to be wise to these things. That's why one of the things that 
you're going to hear me talk about in this series is begin to pray. In fact, I think you should begin to pray right now, even now, that God will give you a gift of discernment. The scriptures do tell us in 1 Corinthians that there are these gifts of the Spirit, and one of them is a gift of discerning of spirits. So you can discern what's going on around you, and, and the Holy Spirit will show you things. I think that's very wise to ask. Say, the scripture says, ask God for the best gifts. Now, I enjoy hiking. I really do. But, but sometimes I'll get into a place where, <clears throat> certainly not in desert hiking, but, but in, in areas where there are lots of trees and things like that, you're hiking through the woods, and I'll come across these spider webs. Spider webs will just cross the path. Now, that always just lets me know nobody's been down this little path in a little while. When, when those, those things kind of happen, I feel like I'm blazing a new trail, although it's not new. It's just probably been 20 hours or whatever. But, but it, this happens to me a lot. This happens to me a lot when I'm hiking. And the sticky web hits me, and it's just so annoying. It gets on my face, gets on my hair, gets on my body, and I just start aggressively struggling to get rid of it. Any of you guys know what I mean? You walk into a spider web like that. But I started th- thinking about this. As I run into those spider webs, very seldom, if ever, do I see the spider. I don't see the spider that caused the web. But because I have enough knowledge, I'm trained, I know enough about webs, I know that that didn't just happen, it's just a circumstance of life. No, that actually was caused by another entity, it was caused by a spider. I can't see the spider, but I see physical evidence that a spider has been in my pathway. So as I'm trying to remove the evidence, the web, I'm also constantly looking around for the spider. You know what I'm talking about? Like every time, I don't want to get bit by a spider. I hate spiders. I, I don't like spiders. I don't like snakes. And I don't like bees. I don't. I, you know, I found, this is, oh, that's, that's for another, sto- another day. A hole in the ground. I, I just, there, was it yesterday, two or three days ago? I don't know. Sometime this last week, I was working in the yard. I found a brand new hole in the ground. And it was a nest, a nest of bees, yellow jackets, and that was nothing pleasant. What in the world am I going to do to get rid of that? Well, that's, I, I'm going to weave that into another sermon. Got rid of it. Took all day, but man, I tell you what, I got rid of that. Killed the queen. Ah, that felt so good. All right, but... The truth is, like with a spider, I know there's a spider behind the web. And it's halted my forward progress, and it just put me into a state of panic and confusion. You see that? I'm ready. I'm looking for that spider to crush it. And should I see that spider, I will crush it. And I won't ignore the spider just because I can't see it. You understand? And in the same way, I won't ignore the, the wind just because I can't see it. You know, don't, don't just say, well, that's just how life is. Jesus lives in me. Yeah, I'm being slammed by waves, but that's just life. And you know, life isn't fair. Well, of course life isn't fair. But you need to begin to use discernment and use those spiritual eyes and realize that that wind, there might be a wind that is actually causing those waves. Another example is fear and timidity. It is caused by a wave. It's that pneuma. It is a spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this. God has not given us a pneuma, a spirit of timidity, 
but he's giving us a spirit. You can use that word in the second part of the phrase. He's giving us a spirit of power, love, and discipline. So what, 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 what? It's, this is talking about spiritual stuff. This spirit, this wind. So let's say you're a young person and you have no underlying issues, but you're afraid to get out of the house. You're afraid to get into the car and drive to work or to the store or to school. That's very likely not just emotional. Most likely that is spiritual. It means that you are being hit by a spirit of fear and timidity. Now, we all struggle with fear uh, on some level, but if you're paralyzed and you can't leave your house for no legitimate physical reason, what that is, that's a wave that's filling your boat that's caused by a wind, and those things do happen to believers. Jesus is still in the boat. So no matter what kind of waves are hammering your life, stop blaming. Don't blame your boss. Stop blaming the president. (laughs) Yeah, stop blaming your spouse. Take personal responsibility today and rise up against that wind that's causing the waves. So in other words, instead of blaming the waves and blaming the other guys because they can't bail fast enough, instead of blaming yourself because you didn't look at the weather forecast, stop the blame game. It is self-defeating. See, the war isn't against the waves. The war is with the wind, the pneuma. The war is not with people. The war is with evil spiritual forces. The war isn't even against yourself. The war is is against demonic pneuma. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, I read that earlier, and it talks about these various categories of evil spirits. It says, Our struggle, Ephesians 6 verse 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That means people. Okay, let's just pause right there. The vast majority of the time, let's just say 99% of the time, issues come up, you're going to blame somebody, right? That is our natural tendency because that is, but, but they're like the wave, okay? So it says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. But it's against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces, the pneuma forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So those are different categories of spiritual forces of darkness, demons. <laughs> you know, Satan, he's just a, sl- a slithering snake. Guys, your wife is not the serpent. She is your spouse. <laughs> Ladies, your husband is not the serpent. He is your spouse. You're wondering if that was coming. It is. See, the devil is the serpent. The, the, the demons, they are the snakes. The white, now your wife or husband may be acting like a serpent. They may be acting like a snake. No nudging, no looking around. Just look right up here. But what's happening is they are a wave that's being tossed around by a pneuma, by a wind. So attacking your husband or attacking your wife, it's not going to cause the wind to go away. In fact, when you attack them, it's only going to cause more problems. Jesus didn't attack the waves. No, he spoke to the wind. He addressed the invisible that was causing the waves. He spoke to the root of the problem, the source of the problem. So instead of trying to like negotiate with the symptoms of the problem, you see, we have this battle. We are involved in spiritual warfare. And I'll tell you, 
This world is much more spiritual than most of us realize. It is way more spiritual than what we understand. In fact, one of the things I'm going to be talking about in this series is what a lot of people are talking about now. It's like, well, I'm into spiritual things. I'm into spirituality. Spirituality, okay, that's pneuma. So which side is it? Just because someone says something is spiritual does not mean it is of God. And I have run into this time and time and time again over the past few years with some good believers. And I'm finding they're involving themselves in demonic activities they didn't even realize it. We'll talk more about that later. So, but, but, but now's the time that we need to declare war and declare victory over those numas, those spirits, even like a spirit of heaviness. We need to do that. We need to get rid, address the spirits. According to Galatians 5, you know, if I, I can just go through Galatians 5. There are a lot of things you can uh, just, just read through and recognize the spiritual forces that are behind them. But according to Galatians 5, we address and we rebuke the spirit of sexual immorality, of impurity, of indecent behavior, of idolatry, of witchcraft, of, 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 of strife and hostilities. We rebuke those spirits of jealousy and outbursts of wrath and selfish ambition and dissensions and factions and envy and drunkenness and carousing and heaviness and, and sickness and hopelessness and infirmity and fear and timidity. We take authority over those spirits, and when we do so, we stand in victory in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Get this, we have in us a holy pneuma, a holy spirit of power, love, and discipline, and we receive the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Church, I want you to see hear this at the beginning of this series. You have authority in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The winds and the waves obeyed Jesus. They obeyed him. And they will obey you because the spirit of Christ, the pneuma of Christ, that wind of Christ abides and dwells in you. And you can, if you will, simply stand in authority in the name of Jesus. So if you're at war right now with spiritual forces and you're under a spiritual attack and they do come, they do come. They come for the best of believers. But just, just understand this. If your thought life is anything like what I just described, if waves are beating your boat, if your thoughts are beating you down instead of comforting you and your mind is overwhelmed to the point where you can't even sleep because of those thoughts, those, you're, you're being hammered. It may be affecting you physically. Those waves, they are beating your boat. Remember this, first and foremost, Jesus didn't jump ship just because you're under attack. Pause here for a second. A lot of people look at this wrong. They say, well, if you're dealing with these thoughts or you're dealing with these attacks, you're dealing with this stuff, then there's a problem with you. You are messed up. There's, you, you must not have the Lord in your life. That is ridiculous. 
I'm here to address that right up front because if we don't understand the name of Jesus, the presence of the Lord, and the power of the Holy Spirit, that holy pneuma, then we're going to miss out on the reality of what's available to us. Jesus has not abandoned you. He didn't forget about you. In fact, he is in you. You are in him. So he's in the same boat suffering right along with you. And it says he feels what you feel. He understands what you feel. Why? Because he's in your boat. His spirit, his pneuma, his pneuma dwells in you. He sympathizes with you. And hear me well, if God is for you, who can be against you? Now, next Sunday, I wanted to cram so much into the sermon. I had all this stuff I was going to be preaching about, and I realized the sermon was going to be about an hour and a half. So I, I, I just thought, no, I'm going to wait. But next Sunday, I'm basically going to do a second part of this sermon. And I'm talking about dealing with the wind and the waves. And, and there are very, three very clear solutions for this type of warfare. Three different solutions. And there's one, two, and three. You'll, you'll hear them next week. But, but now, for, for right now, I want you to know this. You have authority in the name of Jesus, and you are not alone. Jesus didn't jump ship. He is for you. He is with you. He is in you. And because he lives, come on, Joel, because he lives, you can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Say that. All fear is gone. Why? Because he lives. And where does he live? He lives in you. So today, I want us to start, as we, before we move into the depths of this, this series, I, I want us to right now begin to pray. I want us to pray for two things today. I want us to pray for discernment, so we will have discerning of spirits. If you're a believer, you can begin to ask for God to give you the gift of discerning of spirits. It is available to all believers, and you can access that. You just, it says it's yours for the asking. It's right there in the New Testament. Second, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. You, you read that on your own. This will help you to discern if it's spiritual or if it's natural. Right now, I want us to pray. I want us to pray right now. In fact, church, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I ask you to stand all across the room. Stand with me. I want us to pray, and I want you to begin to ask the Lord for a spirit of discernment upon your life. Come on, pray with me, Lord. We just pray right now that you will give us the gift of discernment, that you will help us to have discernment so that we will be able to recognize the spiritual forces that are at work, that we'll be able to recognize whether it is a spiritual darkness or whether it's just circumstances. God, give us discernment, Lord. Help us to have that gift of discerning of pneuma, discerning of spirits. Is this of God or is this not of God? Lord, give that to us. Let God, we need that in these days. God, we need that in this culture, Lord. God, we're running up against so much that is masked, that is hidden, that is, that is, that looks good on the outside, but it's not. So many things that buffet our lives, and we don't, we're wondering, is this normal or is this spiritual? But God, if you give us that spirit of discernment, that gift of the discerning of spirits, God, we can discern between good and evil. We can discern whether this is a holy wind or whether this is an unholy wind, and we will know what is happening in our lives. God, I pray for that. Come on, church, just pray. Ask 
ask God, ask God, because I can pray it over you. But if you're not asking God yourself, you can't, I can't give it to you. I don't have the ability to give you a gift of anything, but God does. He says, ask for the best gifts. God, give us, give me, give me, God. God, as a pastor, I need that discernment. God, I need more of that spirit, of, the, of the, that gift of discernment. God, in my life, Lord, I need more discernment to pastor here downtown. God, I need more of that discerning of spirits to know what's happening in the neighborhood, in my home, in my church, in my city. God, I desire that and I crave that, Lord. God, let me have that. God, God, we desire, I desire, this church, we desire to be a discerning church, to know good from evil. It's not just good from evil, but holy from unholy in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, right now, I pray. I want to pray. Church, I want you to receive this. I want to pray. And you, you, you can pray these things as well over your life, but I want to pray in the name of Jesus against some of these forces, these, these, these spirits, these pneuma of, of evil, these demonic forces that are buffeting some of your lives. And according to Galatians 5, I pray these right now. First of all, we come against the spirit of sexual immorality in Jesus' name. Stop. Spirit of impurity, you must go in the name of Jesus. Stop buffeting lives. This the spirit of indecent behavior, it must stop in Jesus' name. A spirit of idolatry must stop in Jesus' name. Spirits of witchcraft must stop in the name of Jesus. Spirits of hostilities must stop in the name of Jesus. Peace be still. Spirit of strife. Spirit of jealousy be gone in the name of Jesus. Spirits of outbursts of anger and wrath must go in the name of Jesus. Peace be still. Be quiet. Selfish ambition. Be quiet in the name of Jesus. Spirit of dissensions. We, we, we come against you in the name of Jesus. That wind must stop. Those spirits of factions, of splitting, must go in the name of Jesus. Spirits of envy must go in the name of Jesus. Spirits of drunkenness must go and depart in the name of Jesus. Spirits of carousing must go in the name of Jesus. Spirits of heaviness go in the name of Jesus. Spirits of sickness go in the name of Jesus. Spirit of hopelessness be gone in the name of Jesus. Spirit of, of, of fear must go in the name of Jesus. Spirit of infirmity go in the name of Jesus. Spirit of timidity go in the name of Jesus. We take authority over these spirits, those wins and we stand in victory in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and we pray this in the name of Jesus and God let us now be overwhelmed with a different spirit, with a holy pneuma, a holy spirit of power and love and discipline. We pray for that holy spirit that brings joy, <laughs> that brings peace, that brings patience, holy spirit that brings kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We stand in our authority in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you, Lord, that we have not just been informed, we don't just have data in our minds, but we have now been empowered to take action against spiritual forces of wickedness, winds that blow against our lives, against our homes, against our church, against our city, against our nation. We take, take authority in the name of Jesus and we say, hush, like Jesus said, hush, yes. be still, be still, be still.
be still. I thank you, God, that you've given us that authority. God, help us to not doubt it, even if we don't feel it. (laughs) Help us to walk in it as we grow in you. And I pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Church podcast. I would love for you to attend one of our worship services right here in downtown Fort Worth. So if you'd like more information, simply go to citylifefw.org. God bless.